Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and welcome to our Monday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, Romans Bible Study. I'm glad you're here with us. I hope you get your Bible. We're in Romans chapter 8 today. We will begin in verse 5. It's where we are today. That's that's, that's going to be our main focus and topic today. Before we get into uh, the teaching this morning, I just want to uh, remind you that you can find all our teachings, the preaching sermons, and uh, everything we do here at Crossway Church uh, there on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And you can avail yourself to that. And also on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and there is a Spreaker app on your smartphone that you can get, and my channel is for those who have ears to hear, or Curtis Hutchinson, and you can find probably 300 gospel-centered messages there uh, on that app. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray for us. Uh, and, and, and help us uh, financially. You can sow a seed into this ministry, and this ministry is about the gospel. That's what we're about. You listen to any teaching over the last 14 years, you listen to any preaching sermon, it's always going to be pointed to Christ and his finished work at Calvary, as that is the context of the entirety of God's word, and we praise God that we know that today, that we didn't have to live our entire lives uh, thinking that God's Word was really focused about other things or more than one thing. God's Word is always focused on Christ and what God is doing in and through His only begotten Son. Hallelujah. And what He'll do in our lives if our faith remains in Christ and what He did at Calvary. It's just great news. That's the best news ever, praise God. But you can sow into this ministry on your smartphone by dialing 903-231-5950. Or you can give online at thecrosswaychurch.com. God bless you, and thank you for all those of you who are supporting this very work. For we have another church we've planted in Wichita Falls, Texas. It takes much money every month to see that church doing what it's doing there. And uh, we, we, we uh, mail six expositor study Bibles every week to inmates who've requested that particular Bible across the land takes $37 a Bible to see that happen. So thank God for those of you who are giving and those of you who are going to begin to give to support that work. Just imagine being locked up in prison. Most of us should be for what we've done. We just didn't get caught. Or God was merciful in some way and, 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 and went around the what could have happened. But just imagine being in prison, requesting one of these Bibles, expositor study Bibles, the Bible that explains the Word of God always in the context of Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Just imagine the joy of that, the comfort of that truth coming into your heart. Help us. $37 a Bible, you can get a Bible into the hands of an inmate, and I praise God for those of you who are doing that. Today is... Our Romans Bible study again. We're in Romans chapter 8. This is our session 7. And so it's on September the 9th here. And uh, the beloved, uh, the, the 2019th year 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope he comes today. I'm looking for him, praise God. But as long as he tarries, we'll be digging in the word of God and allowing him to change us and use us in this old world we're in, praise God. So today we're in Romans chapter 8 again, and I want to back up like I always like to do. I'll, I'll start with verse 3, and we'll try to roll into where we, we, we think we need to be today. Romans chapter 8 verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, meaning God sent the law, we couldn't obey the law, we couldn't keep the law, so God had to send his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and on account of sin, for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That's good news. See, Jesus came to condemn sin in his own flesh, so that sin couldn't keep condemning us in our flesh. Hallelujah. See, that's good news. And he gave us, he made of us a new creation in himself. That's powerful, isn't it? Verse 4. So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now here it comes. Here's where we're going today. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The righteousness of the law is only fulfilled in those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And that's God's intention, my friend. If, if, I, if the fruit of the Christian is not the righteousness of Christ, the fruit of His righteousness, then we're in the flesh. We're walking after it. I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to say... We're, we're walking after the flesh because we're going to, I'm going to skip down. I want you to skip with me. I want to show you something because today we're going to talk about the difference between being in the spirit and walking after the spirit. It's going to be, it's, the Lord's going to prove it to you right here in the word. See, we need that. We need these confirmations along the way. Watch this in verse nine. Get this now. But you are not in the flesh. You're not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So, in verse 9, we see that if you've been born again, if we are truly believers in Jesus Christ, we have trusted in his work at Calvary for the atonement, the forgiveness of our sins then positionally we are in Christ. We are in the Spirit, says it right here in the Bible. You, are, you, you and I as Christians, we're not in the flesh, but we are in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And the only way, I, let me get this, the only way the Spirit of God can dwell in anyone is not through works we do, but through our faith in the work that Christ did. Not that plus what we do. No, 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 no. He moves in upon our believing upon him. Those that teach it takes also your works to get the Holy Spirit for you to be in the Spirit, the Spirit to be in you. Well, they, they don't understand what happened at Calvary they don't see Calvary as a finished work. They might call it that. But when you say, I, I have to believe in Christ and I also have to say or do something to make that complete, 
then they don't understand it's already been completed. There are many works for the Christian to walk in, Ephesians 2.10, but they're all in Christ. That means you can't work your way into Christ. Once you're in Christ through faith in what he did for you at Calvary, then the works begin. Amen. And there are only works done then by the Holy Spirit because you are in the Spirit already. But what we're going to see today in this little short session is the difference between being in the Spirit, your position, in Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, your position, your position. And the other thing is walking after the Spirit. Those are two different things, my friend. Those are two different things. If, you're, if you start in one place like I did years ago, heading from here with four or five cars and what we call a convoy headed to Florida, and if you're in that convoy and you're following that lead car, as long as you're driving after that lead car, you're going where they're going. But when you decide you're not going to follow after that lead car and you turn off, then you're no longer driving after that front car. It's the same way for a child of God. When you accepted Christ from your heart, believing upon him, the work he did for you at Calvary, not the work you have to do, the work he did for you, you were in the Spirit. You began in the Spirit. At your you were placed in the Spirit. When you believed upon Christ, my friend, Romans 6.3 says that as many of us as have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. That means that's what we believed upon about Christ. When we believe upon Christ, you better make sure you're believing in what he did for you at the cross and he finished for you at the cross. And when you believe that, the Holy Spirit immersed you into his death. That's how you became a part of the body of Christ at the cross. For that's when you were placed in him, immersed, baptized into him. Not after you believed and got in a water tank. By the time you got in the water tank to be water baptized, you were already in Christ according to the word of God. That's why our Church of Christ friends, they don't understand the cross. And they don't understand baptism because the first baptism was our baptism into Christ through our faith in Christ. Not our baptism into Christ through water baptism. You know why that can't be right? Because that's what we do. That's a work we do. That's something that if not done after the born again experience, in and of itself, God sees it as us partaking in something evil. Water baptism can be a work of the flesh if it's not something that takes place after we're already immersed into Christ by faith alone. Hallelujah. Then comes the works. Remember, Ephesians 2.10 tells us all the works we're ordained to walk in are in Christ. And you don't work your way into Christ. You believe your way into Christ. And then the Holy Spirit begins to work and perform in you that which is called the works we're to walk in, praise God. See, that's kindergarten. And though some of you listening to me, you've believed a lie all your life, and now you're going to have to choose whether you're going to believe God's word or whether you're going to hang on to that traditional perverted lie. 
that you're not saved until you prove it by doing the work. Sorry. Sorry. I know you twist scriptures over in the book of James, but you don't understand that James and Paul wrote the same thing. And those of you who teach water baptisms what saves you, listen, you, you think there's a massive contradiction between Paul and James. And that's just the way you believe, and it's wrong. And if you're going to believe the Bible, you're going to have to start learning about the cross. You're going to have to start learning what baptism really is. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, when it talks about there's one Lord and, and, and one baptism, that ain't talking about one water baptism, my friend. That, that whole thing there is talking about you being baptized into Christ because that's talking about the salvation experience there. One Lord, one hope, one baptism, that's talking about you're being baptized into Christ. I hope you get that. If, you, if you're struggling with it, go back and, 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 and study with us. Avail yourself to what we've taught on uh, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and go back and listen to this, the entirety of this teaching. And let the Holy Spirit teach you, not your forefathers. You're going to have to let go of what your forefathers, your traditional uh, denominational uh, uh, rules and regulations and teachings that have taken the power out of the Word of God. Glory to God. You're going to have to do that. Listen. But he, and, and let's look at this together now. Verse 9, and I know we skipped some verses, but... We need to do that so when we go back and roll through this, we can see the difference. If you're a born-again Christian through simple, exclusive faith in the work of Christ at Calvary, you're saved on your way to heaven. You're a blood-bought child of God. And the Bible says you're in the Spirit because now the Spirit of God dwells in you. You're in the Spirit. But that does not mean you automatically just walk after the Spirit. <clears throat> when you read most commentaries on this, these scriptures right here, you'll only find, I'm talking not all, but almost all the commentaries you will read on these scriptures are just talking about the difference between the born again and the lost. And that's that's really, you can see that, and that's true because if, if you don't have the Spirit of God, all you can do is walk in the flesh, walk after the flesh. You're in the flesh, and all you can do is walk after the flesh. But just because you're in the Spirit as a Christian, positionally, in Christ, does not mean that you are just guaranteed daily to walk after the Spirit. Although you did begin in the Spirit. Now, let's turn over and let's look at this to confirm it in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, you'll see the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul dealing with a backsliding church in Galatia. They started right with their faith in the cross of Christ alone. Watch. Let's read verse 1. We'll roll down to verse 3. Stay with me now. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Christians can be bewitched. There you have it. Hang on. That you should not obey the truth. See, most Christians today think they're still obeying the truth, but watch what happens. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. 
See what Paul refers to? When their faith was in the message he preached of Christ and him crucified, God, when their faith was in Christ's obedience unto death, God pictured them and considered them at that moment when you believe upon Christ and his humble, obedient act unto death on the cross, when you believe upon that for your salvation alone, God considers that act of obedience your obedience. Romans 6 teaches that in kindergarten language. Watch this now. Paul says, This only would I like to learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See, here he's refuting what men are trying to pull them back under the work, circumcision, the feast, the, the rituals, the ceremonies. Oh, okay, you're a Christian, but you, oh no, you've got to obey the law. You've got to continue on in the things God gave us years ago. And they don't understand that we could never keep the law. We couldn't even ever perform the rituals and ceremonies and rites without faith in the blood. God didn't consider anything right except what he did through the giving of his son, even under the old covenant. So watch this, verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that means when you were born again, you were in the Spirit the moment you believed only upon Christ's work at Calvary for you. That's it. Nothing else you got to go do. After that comes works of obedient water baptism. Yes, we're water baptized as the Holy Spirit leads us in the Word and then leads us into the tank of water and we are water baptized, but not for salvation, but for confirmation that we've been saved. Not to complete the work of salvation. It's already complete. Listen. Colossians 2.10 says we are complete in him. And you were immersed in him by simple faith in his work at Calvary. Amen. Many people, generation after generation, I hope they've been saved. The best thing I can say about these people who teach water baptism, you're not going to heaven without being water baptized, the best thing I could say about that thought is that if they did believe upon Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, they've lived, they've lived as though they're back under law all their lives. They've walked after the flesh all their lives. Think about that. Because you can't teach water baptism for salvation. If you do, that's a work of the flesh. That's a work we do. And nothing we do, we're not saved by any works that we do. Think about that. It's powerful. But watch. Are you so foolish, Galatians 3 and 3, having begun in the Spirit, in the Spirit, when you were in the Spirit, it's when you believed upon Christ. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? They're now, although beginning in the Spirit, although in the Spirit, now they're being pulled by those who say, but you also have to do this to really be saved. You also have to do this to find the provision and the power of God's grace daily. Jesus taught that to follow him, to have the provision of who he is, you're going to have to deny yourself of what? 
anything that keeps your faith out of being exclusively in the cross of Christ. If Listen, you can be out there denying yourself of Milky Way bars, denying yourself of a pillow on your bed, denying yourself of this or that, but if the, if the fruit of your denying yourself is not your faith being in the cross alone, your denial is not biblical. Watch. One more time, Galatians 3 and 3, because of where we are in Romans 8. Watch. The Holy Spirit says through Paul to the Galatians, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit. That's where they begin to obey the truth. Verse 1. Galatians 3. That's where they begin to hear the message of the cross, believed it, began to obey the truth. Before they ever did a work, God called them obedient to the truth because the truth is Christ and Him crucified. Glory to God. And I know people hear that and it's, well, no, brother, the whole Bible is the truth. Yes, but the whole Bible, every word of God is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And, and Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. See, it takes the truth to show God's righteousness. It takes, it takes the truth, who is Christ, and what he did at Calvary. Remember Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Well, only Jesus and what he did at Calvary is what it is that makes us free. So when the Galatians begin to hear the gospel, believe the gospel, God said they're obeying the gospel. They're obedient before they go do one work. And he says, you're in the Spirit, and you've begun in the Spirit now. But now they've lied to you. Grandpa told you you also had to. The preacher told you also had to. Paul says, are you foolish enough to believe that? Are you foolish enough to have begun in the Spirit to now? Think, literally think that your perfection is going to take place after the flesh? By the flesh? By what you do in the flesh? No. God began that work in your life when you believed upon the cross of Christ. Philippians 1.6 says he will perform that work until the perfect day. That's if we keep our faith in that which placed us in the Spirit, so that you and I can now walk after the Spirit. Let's go back, Romans 8, go back to where we were, we'll get over there, this thing ain't working, alright, let's do it this way. It wants to be a hard head, we'll go back around it. So watch this. Let's read verse 9 again so we can see the difference. Verse 9, Romans 8, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. And we've talked about that today. The Spirit of God does dwell in you if you're born again. If you believed only upon Christ and His work at Calvary. It's the only way the Spirit of God can be given to you is if you believe in what Christ did at Calvary. That's being saved by grace, not works. And anything God offers called grace, what He does, you can't pay for it, you can't work for it, you can't earn it, you can't do a thing for it except believe. Amen. So, he says, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So, let's back up now to verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, that means being led by 
the flesh. Remember, in is our position. Confirmed, justified in Christ. Seated at the right hand of God the Father in Christ Jesus. Position. But just like we confirmed in the book of Galatians, the walk can be different than the position. The condition here can be different from the position. That's really what sanctification and being conformed into the image of Christ for the children of God is all about. Learning to walk after in our condition here, our position. Complete, done deal, we're in Christ. And unless we ever turn away from faith in Christ, don't won't have anything to do with it anymore, reject it completely, then we're going to be in Christ. Now think about that. So let's read verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That means that's what's on their mind. They're, they're, they're being led by the flesh. They're not being led by the Spirit. This is not talking about lost and saved. The different Here, when we're talking about lost and saved, we're talking about those who are in the Spirit and those who are in the flesh. Those who are in the Spirit have been born again, but it don't mean they have to walk after the Spirit. Think about it. And that's why verse 1 in this chapter says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk our condition, what we're following, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Think about that. And then <clears throat> verse 4 says, and, and God sent His Son to do what the law couldn't do, to condemn sin in the flesh that we might walk in a place where there's no condemnation, we might be justified by his shed blood. But in verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. In us who? Those who walk not at walk, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm going to just naturally walk after the Spirit. If that were the case... I, I would never be able to grieve the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't need to be told to stop lying and tell the truth. I wouldn't need uh, to be told to love each other and to forgive each other. I'd just be doing that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Tiptoe through the tu tulips of holiness. You understand? But no, we have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to uh, uh, take every thought captive way over to the obedience of Christ and his humble obedient act of death. Unless we grow weary and faint in our minds, Hebrews 12 and 3, <clears throat> we've got to continually, daily, all day, consider the one that endured the contradiction of sinners on himself. We, we have to take thoughts. If we don't, we're going to end up walking after the flesh, <clears throat> making excuses for our walk after the flesh. <clears throat> so just because we're children of God does not mean that we can't experience condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ, but if we walk after the flesh, we can experience condemnation. I've known many Christians who... Uh, uh, just explore, they're just condemning themselves. They're just feeling condemned because they don't understand the cross. They don't understand what it is that put them in the Spirit. And if they understand that, they surely, 99% of Christianity today does not understand the difference between being in the Spirit and walking after the Spirit. 
That's why when you read most commentaries, they relay this entire teaching right here, this segment of scriptures, to a difference between being lost and saved. And that's not altogether what Paul's talking about or who he's referring to. You and me, Holy Ghost filled, on our way to heaven, called into ministry, just like Paul was. And Paul said in, in, in Romans chapter 7, he said, Man, I was alive. I found life. And I found it without the law. But when the commandment came, the sin nature revived and I died. Paul said that about himself. When he was crying out, how am I going to live for Christ? What's going to put this body of sin to death? Oh, this wretched man that I am. Then he begins to see what the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is teaching him. And when he saw that, that truth liberated him. Thanks be to God then through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There will always be a contriving, a constant striving, rather, between spirit and flesh. But if we learn, hear me, if we learn how to walk after the spirit, Galatians 5, this, it'll come into play if you and I learn how to, you don't, and you don't just know how to. You have to be taught just like the Apostle Paul was taught and wrote it down so that you and I could have what God gave him for our own selves. Amen. So we could learn to walk after the Spirit and not begin to be so foolish to think that we can now experience that perfect work that he wants to continue to do in us through the flesh. That means through our own strengths, our own giftings, our own this. No, it's simply all about Christ and what he did at Calvary. So let's read verse 5 again. For they that are after the flesh, they're following fleshly things. Do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Again, most Christians, I'm talking about true Christians today. They that have been born again and have the Spirit of God and want to live for God, but never have known how. And I'm going to tell you something, it don't take too long of a time not knowing how to live for God before you get frustrated and to begin to waver and throw in the towel and make excuses for the sin that you're living bound up in. I've been there, I've done it, but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, we can have liberty every day, all day. You and I can serve God in holiness without fear. Luke 1, 74 and 75, write it down. Because what Jesus did for us at Calvary destroyed the enemy, the enemy, the devil, the enemy of our flesh, the sin nature, and everything that will come against us in the world, you and I, because of that work of Christ alone, our faith in that now allows us to serve God without fear in holiness. All the days, all the days of our lives. Look it up, Luke 1, 74 and 75. It'll make you shout if you're one of those Christians that know you should be able to live for God without that dominion of those sinful things in your life, making excuses for them 
walking after the flesh as we have for many years now learning learning to deny ourselves take up our cross faith in the cross of Christ and follow Jesus in the light he's walking in praise God we're out of time my goodness this is always refreshing to me I hope you are being blessed if you have ears to hear I know you are I pray that you would help us prayerfully, financially. But even more than that, I pray that you would somehow take a little extra time and share these messages. Find the YouTube channel. Post that on your social media page. Help others get involved in hearing this truth that will liberate them. Make, listen, Christians need to hear the truth. When they begin to hear the truth, that hope begins to come alive. Their callings and giftings begin to come alive and there's hope for ministry once again that they might have thrown out years ago. God loves you. We love you. That's why we're here presenting the truth of Jesus Christ to you throughout the entirety of the Bible, specifically right now this Romans teaching. And I'm praying that you help us do that prayerfully, financially, and help us get the word out. Help the audience to this particular teaching grow on social media. Again, we love you and God bless you. And we'll see you Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. for this Romans teaching. And until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.